0: Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at www.NewHopeChurch.tv and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. All right, all right. I want to welcome you no matter where you're joining us, joining us from and uh, church family and also those of you who just kind of found us and or maybe have been invited to join us today for this service. My name is Tim. I'm from New Hope Church. We have a great church and I miss you all so much, but today we are in one service, uh, all in the room at the same time. So, sort of, uh, cyberspace in the same room at the same time. So, we would love to know who's with us. We would love to know where you're watching from. So, if you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on our YouTube channel, if you could just comment and tell us who you are, maybe just say, we're so-and-so family and we're watching from, and, and, and some people have done this on Facebook as well. Uh, they've put a picture of their family or a picture of their TV and the family watching the TV or whatever, but let us know where you're watching from. It's just an encouragement to everybody else who sees it to know that definitely we are not in this alone, okay? We're all in this together, not in this alone. So uh, I would like to invite you also, if you have not been a part of this, to so be a part of our devotional every morning. It begins at 8 a.m. That's Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. Uh, what has happened is a few thousand people join us, or a few thousand devices uh, join us. We don't know how many people for sure, but they've been joining us every single day. And as I'm getting in the habit of saying, we're going to make it through this, but the best way to get through this weird situation that we're in right now is together. So get together with us. Join us at 8 a.m. to start your day. You're going to get some good news. And, um you know all kinds of bad news out there. You can go to the go to the TV or go to uh, the news sites to get your bad news. But if you want some good news, join us at 8 a.m. What we're doing is we're just going through the Book of John, and I'm just reading out of the Book of John and giving some you know some insights and some between the line stuff. Book of John. Uh, I hope that you can join us. Okay, go go to the website newhopechurch.tv. You can see some options about how to join in on the live feed there. Facebook, YouTube, maybe our streaming. I don't know. It's been crashing, but we'll. See uh, but but right now we've had we've got these devotionals scheduled out until after Easter. And just speaking of Easter, Easter is now two Sundays away. And at this point, if I were to have to guess, which I don't want to, but I'm going to just now right now so that everybody can just kind of see where we are, I would say. That it's looking like Easter is going to be online only. I know that they're talking about hoping that churches will be open on Easter, but we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> uh, we're going to have to get pretty close to it before we make that kind of a decision. But if we don't get together together in our church campuses for Easter, yes, it will be kind of a bummer. But. I'm thankful that we have the technology to broadcast and I'm thankful for the people who make it happen each and every day now as we reach out around the world uh, with our devotionals and so forth. So again, we're probably not gonna know for sure until a few days out, but keep checking your, if you're part of our church family, keep checking your email inbox for updates. I would also say probably the easiest way to make sure that you're getting the updates is to follow us on social media. Um, You can find all of our social media on our church website, newhopechurch.tv. You can uh, follow us on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, on whatever that is and whatever that is, uh, Instagram, and then tweet, tweet, uh, Twitter, okay? One of the easiest ways to stay informed and our communications team is really getting out in front and leading the way for us during this strange season that we find ourselves in. I'm so thankful for them. I'm thankful for everybody. Uh, Another group of people that I'm thankful for right now is the people who give at this church, even through this pandemic. And I know some folks in our church have lost their job and some have lost income, and I understand the fact that obviously that's gonna affect your giving, and I totally get that, I totally understand. But others of us still have our jobs, and although we might be working differently, we're still working, praise God for that. But I just wanna encourage you to continue to give faithfully to the Lord during this time. We have tightened our belt as a church big time so that we can make, the, uh, make it through this, and we will, but if you are able to give, please do. And uh, if you're not uh, giving right now and you wanna step up to the plate, go to our website, you can see how to give there, and uh, I would sign up for online giving there and recurring giving and, and just help us out to do what God is calling us to do. Today, part four of our Reclaim series, and if you wanna follow along in a listening guide, text the letters LG, which means listening guide, LG to 642-123. LG to 642-123. And then you can have the listening guide there on your phone. You can fill it out as we go. And then at the end, you can email it to yourself so that you have a copy of what you have taken notes on today in this sermon. Okay. So in this series, we're walking through the book of John, we're looking at encounters that Jesus had with ordinary people, and today we're going to talk about the only miracle that is included in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now our home base throughout our devotionals and also for our Reclaim series is the book of John. But today we're going to add in some some verses from some other books as well so that we'll get a, a full picture of the situation here and the story that we're going to talk about. But first, let me pray. Lord, Lord, speak to us today through your word. Do what you want to do in our hearts today, Lord. Make us the people that you want us to become today. Sanctify us with your Holy Spirit and with your word. Your word is truth, Lord, and we need the truth in our lives right now. So do your deal in us, Lord, today. I pray this in your son's name and all the people said... Amen. Okay. So I should say all the people texted or, or, or commented, amen. All right. So if you've got a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up to John chapter six. I've actually arranged our devotionals so that this sermon would fall right where it needs to fall, where we are in our devotional. So from yesterday and then today's sermon falls in the book of John, and then tomorrow we take off where we leave off today uh, when we get to our devotionals in, in the morning at 8 a.m. So just I'm trying to make that happen and stay on target even through Easter. Okay, So today we're in John chapter 6. We're going to begin verse 1. We're going to read it out loud for you. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberia. So the far shore, he's, on, he's usually up in the northwestern portion of the Sea of Galilee. Sometimes up at the top, he crossed over to the other side, which now he's on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. Verse two, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Verse five, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? So it's kind of like. (laughs) They sit down and they look around and here's all of these people, thousands of people coming toward them. They're getting out of boats, they're walking along the shoreline, they're coming out of the hills. People are converging on this location. It's like, Houston, we have a problem. There's a lot of people here and there's really not any food. And uh, as we'll find out in a moment, it's late in the day by now. So you got a crowd that's out in the middle of basically nowhere and they're hungry. How many of you? How many of you uh, get a little cranky when, when you get hungry? Anybody get a little cranky? How many of you? How many of you are hangry people? How many of you are in the room right now with somebody who's hangry? Would you please just put their name online for us so we can pray for them accordingly? I'm just kidding, but all of us know some some hangry people. I get to be hangry sometimes as well, and you can just imagine here how hangry that, that in a crowd of five thousand plus people that there's got to be some hangry people there, and I'm saying 5,000 or more because 5,000 is just the number of men in the group. So if you add the women, who knows how many, kids, how, 10,000 people, we don't know. But in that crowd, you got hungry, hungry people. And, and so, so here you go. You got the crowd coming in, Jesus. You got Jesus, the, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, God in the flesh with all the power to do whatever he wants to do whenever he needs to do it. And, and you got all these people in between. You got the disciples who are trying to come up with a solution. And that's how, the John, how John the disciple records what has taken, uh, taken place so far on this particular day. Here's another account, this is out of the book of Mark. Mark chapter six, by this time it was late in the day so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and by themselves something to eat so the disciples plan was this if people present a problem just get rid of the people and you got no problems it's like more people more problems no people no problems or so they thought hey let, let me let you in on a little secret church family um, here's the deal since we closed down our campuses which has been a couple weeks ago now and started doing church uh, online only Uh, when when we first closed them down, we had all the buildings clean. And when I say clean, I mean clean, clean, clean. Even volunteers came in and they wiped every single ink pen in the back of every seat back pocket. They took the lid off and they wiped every single pen with disinfectant and then put it back. I'm just saying, this place got cleaned when you guys left. It got cleaned. And uh, since then, since we closed the campuses and there's been no people, we haven't had to clean the buildings. Not at all. It's been pretty easy keeping the buildings clean. I don't know if you know this, but every weekend, uh, our volunteers uh, make 120 plus gallons of coffee. 120 plus gallons of coffee. 40 gallons of orange juice are served, bought and served. 100 gallons or more of iced tea is served at our services. 330 dozen donuts or more are consumed every single weekend at our church. 120 plus pizzas for our evening services and 130 plus pounds of fruit is what you guys eat. Every weekend, that's what, that's what it takes to feed our church family. And, and since you guys have not been here, We've purchased zero food. We haven't had to make any coffee or or, or buy any juice or make any iced tea. It's incredible. And And I've noticed this when I've been in our campuses, there's no crying coming from the nurseries at all. We haven't had to print thousands upon thousands of listening guides and then fold them and so forth. There's been no complaints about how loud the music is or about the sermon. Right now, doing church the way that we're doing it is pretty, well, it's not good. It's not good. I don't like it. Because even though people come with problems, even though people come with problems, the church is people. The church is about people. And every week when the doors are open, people show up hungry, searching for answers. Maybe they show up because God has been working in their heart and in their life and the Holy Spirit's been maneuvering them and ordering their steps to bring them to a place where they can hear about the life-changing, life-saving message of Jesus Christ. Maybe we got folks who show up who are a little bit hangry because they are, their soul is hungry and they're frustrated because they don't know what they're hungry for. <laughs> we could, honestly, we could be by, like the disciples and say, send the people away. We don't need all those problems. But listen to me, just because in many ways it's less messy to have church the way that we're having it right now, without people, it's not better. It's worse. And uh, you know, the day, I can't wait for it, but the day when the authorities ring the bell and say that it's okay for us to have church again and we get to meet together again, we will and we're gonna have a party. And just like always, and maybe more so now, all kinds of people are gonna show up. They're gonna be looking for answers. And finding in our church, at, our church family at that time, I know what's gonna happen. They're gonna find and they're gonna sense the love of Jesus who by his sacrifice made salvation available for them. I know it's gonna happen. And I'm so glad that we have a church family who knows that what we do isn't always easy. And sometimes it's messy, but it's an honor because it's God's work. And it's important because our gathering can change the course of someone's eternity through their faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for them on the cross. Somebody say amen. Can't wait to get together again. Back to the text. John chapter six, this time verse six. Jesus asked this, and and the question that he asked was this, were we going to buy enough bread for these people? Okay, that's the question. He asked this only to test him, test Philip, for he already had in his mind what he was going to do. Verse seven, Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have just a bite. So the disciples looked at the people and they put a dollar amount on the problem. But Jesus looked at the people and had life-sacrificing compassion on them. But remember, as we've said in our devotionals, Jesus, part of the work that he's doing right in, in, the, in the text here in the book of John, is he's training his disciples. And in this situation, he already knew what he was going to do, he's just testing them to see how their faith would respond. And if you're taking notes, this is the first thing that I want you to remember today. First of all, when the problem is bigger than us, sometimes God just wants to see if we'll respond with faith. If we'll respond with faith. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying totally disregard facts. I've uh, I actually read about some pastors who are still having services at their church because they believe that faith needs to be bigger than fear. And I, listen, my faith is bigger than fear as well. It, sound, it sounds real good though, it's a nice uh, buzz line, catch line. But, my faith also acknowledges reality. Like I wouldn't ask you to come to church and then when you walk through the door, hold out a rattlesnake and say, okay, your faith has to be bigger than your fear. Here's a snake, prove it. And I I, I wouldn't want people to show up when our nation is fighting a pandemic that spreads so quickly and endangers the lives of the elderly and those who have other conditions that they couldn't withstand being sick. I, I wouldn't go against the authorities that God has put over us. Uh, so, so we're going to do what we're doing right now, which is still have church the way we're having church right now. And, and listen to me, faith, yes, is bigger than fear, but faith does not ignore reality. Faith is bigger than fear, but faith does not ignore reality. Faith sees reality and believes that God will bring about a good outcome. Did you hear me? Faith sees reality and believes that God will bring about a good outcome. Amen? Mark records Jesus saying this in his version of this uh, story. He says, you give them something to eat. To the disciples, Jesus said, you give them something to eat. So Jesus wasn't buying the send them away approach. Instead, he begins a process of opening up these guys' minds to being a part of something amazing. And, 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 and it's always Jesus who does the impossible. It's always Jesus who does the impossible. It's always Jesus who shows up at just the right time, always 100% of the time. But as it turned out for them, and sometimes is it true in our case as well, sometimes Jesus wants to use someone else to deliver what he wants somebody to have. And these guys, the disciples, got to participate in Jesus's most talked about, most recorded miracle. Which is another truth that I want you to write down about this story. Number two, if you're taking notes on your listening guide, when the problem is bigger than us, sometimes God wants to work through you. Sometimes God wants to work through you. Here's what I mean. There are people around you that that need God to show up. And 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 sometimes, not every time, but sometimes God wants to use you to deliver the miracle or or whatever it is that God wants to happen in that person's life, the answer to their prayer, God wants to use you to deliver. And you say, wait a minute, me? Isn't, isn't that Jesus's job? Jesus is supposed to do that. Yes, it's Jesus's job, absolutely. But according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So, and you've heard me say this if you've been in church, we are the hands and feet of Christ. We are Christ's body. And while God could always come up with another way to deliver what it is that he wants to have happen in somebody else's life, sometimes he says, you feed them, you feed them. And and in the text, when Jesus says, you feed them, if you read through it, he immediately provided the food, but he wanted the disciples to participate in the delivery. Okay. No guilt or manipulation here. I just want you to be open to the leading of, pardon me, to the leading of God's Holy Spirit today. Because there might be somebody in your life, somebody on your street or in your orbit of influence who needs God to show up. And, and, and if God puts it on your heart to help them with, with, with supplies or with a, with a little bit of anonymous cash or with an encouraging note or a text or a, a phone call, then what's happening is God is choosing to use you. And that, my friends, is exciting. If you've ever had a moment in time where you've prayed to be used by God and God has impressed something on your heart that he wanted you to do and you did it and it turned out that it helped somebody else who was in need and you may not even have known that they were in need before that prayer and before God kind of pushed you in that direction. If you've ever done that, then you know how incredible it is to be used in the service of the creator of the universe, to be used in his holy work. Then number three. Number three, when the problem is bigger than us, God always starts with what we have. God always starts with what we have. Some people kind of sit around and wait, they hope to strike it rich, and then they say, well, you know, when I strike it rich, I'm gonna use what I have for the Lord. I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody said something to me like that. They say, "Uh, when I blank then, I will do this for the Lord. When I uh, win the lottery, then I'll whatever for the Lord. When, I, when my business takes off, then I'll do something for the Lord. When I get my degree, then I'll do something for the Lord. When the kids grow up, then I'll do something for the Lord. When, when the house gets paid off, then I'll do something for the Lord. Then it's gonna be great, it's gonna be awesome. And I, I don't wanna burst anybody's bubble today. But if you're not using what you have for the Lord right now, then when you strike it rich or whatever, it's not gonna change anything. The reason I say that is because Jesus said this, he who is faithful with little will be given much more. He who is faithful with the little that they have will be given much more. And when there's only a little in your life, it becomes a big test. Because God always starts with the little bit that we have. Back to John chapter six, now we're in verse eight. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many people? Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. So 5,000 men, a whole lot more people in total there. Uh, Five loaves, two fish, uh, not keto because of the bread, not, not vegetarian because of the fish, and quite frankly, not enough for me when I'm hungry. This is like an appetizer for me when I'm hungry, but uh, enough for God to do something big because, because little becomes much when we place it in Jesus' hands. Here's what's awesome He's God. He could have just covered the entire crowd in bread, like, boom, everybody duck for a minute. Uh, breadsticks coming down, and he prays, and breadsticks just fall out of heaven and, and land all over the people. Boom, plenty to eat. And then he puts a, he, he makes it so uh, a can of tuna with an easy pop top opening on top. It just shows up next to every single family. I mean, that's essentially what he did, but that's not where he started. He started with this. What do you have? He started with what they had. And then he enlisted the disciples to deliver the miracle. He always starts with what we have, what we'll give to him. So. We have some, some time, give him that time, see what he does with it. We have some energy that we're going to focus uh, for his glory, give it to him, see what he does with it. You have some money, entrust God with it. You have some relationships that maybe be, you know, uh, you're on your own with that, entrust those relationships to God. You have some talents, skills, and abilities. When you take those things and you give them to God, he multiplies the blessing from those things into our lives. Verse 11 Uh, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish when when they had all had enough. That's tough right there. When they had all had enough to eat, and I want to stop right there for just a second. He took a tiny lunch, and he fed thousands, which leads me to say, don't underestimate what God can do with the little bit that is entrusted to him in faith. I've always thought that in a crowd that size, there was more food. Like somebody had some food in their backpack or something. I know back when our kids were young, my wife's uh, purse was bigger. You notice that? When the older your kids get, the smaller the purse gets. And back when they were young, big purse, and there was always things to eat in the purse. There were um, uh, goldfish and, and crackers and maybe granola bars all the time. We could have gotten lost in the woods and we would have not starved because we had plenty to eat in my wife's purse. And I'm just saying in a crowd of this size, there had to be more to eat, but Jesus didn't use what wasn't entrusted to him, but what was entrusted to him he blessed." And if you want to you be blessed in his holy work, then pray to God to be used by him. Watch for a need, and then take the little bit that you have and entrust that to God and watch his blessing come into the situation and watch his presence show up. We sometimes think, well, I don't, I don't have enough for it to do. I don't have enough to do this for everyone. I said this in the New Year's sermon that I preached at church in California and We had a new hope as well uh, that the deal is this. Just because you can't do it for everyone doesn't mean you shouldn't do it for someone. If you can do, do what you wish you could do for everyone, do it for someone, okay? Be part of the miracle in somebody's life. Verse 12, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with all, with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So 12 basketfuls. And there are a lot of people who've written about why 12 baskets is it the the 12 tribes of Israel and so forth. I'm just going to say it's probably the 12 disciples. They all have take home now. They got, they can, they they can take their bags and they can go home. They got something to eat for later, but. Speaking of, speaking of take home, take out, uh, there are a lot of restaurants in our area, obviously, that are hurting right now because they can't have people inside their restaurants. And so I would encourage you we got a number of new hopers who own their own restaurant, who are operators or owners. Many of them have used uh, life savings to start their restaurant or uh, put a second mortgage on their home or whatever. And maybe it was going well before this and it's going not great now, I'm just telling you. So what we've done is we've put a list of those kinds of folks on our website. You can go there, I think at the top of the website, it says, let's help each other, let's support each other. And it just gives you a list. And we're not telling you to go eat if you're not gonna go eat, but if you are gonna go eat, why not stop by one of these places, that's owned by a new hoper who loves Jesus and who loves you and let's support our church family, okay? So, I was going through some files on my computer this past week and I I was reminded of a lady who attended our church a long time ago. She was actually at the very first worship service of our church all the way back in 1989. Her name is Donna Reamer and Donna was, she's now gone to be with the Lord, but uh, Donna was not a rich person by any means. She was a widow. she, uh, she, she was a mail carrier, so she delivered the, the, the mail for us uh, through the post office. And uh, good, good woman, but you know lived out in the country. Her house flooded, I don't know how many times, man. It seemed like every time it rained, her house would flood. And so she lived very modestly out in the country and she, she served the community, but she also served our church. And she, uh, she actually worked or served in our nursery for 18 years. 18 years. So you think about it, she held babies when they were newborns and then got to see those same babies graduate from high school, which is pretty awesome. And back in the early days of our church, back when my family had like two, two pennies, basically, she would come and pick my wife up. And even though she didn't have much money either, she would take my wife to the store and buy her something to wear to church. She, a couple of occasions, maybe three times, rented an area skate, skating rink and invited all the kids of New Hope to go to the skating rink and hang out together. And, and we did, and it was a whole lot of fun. And again, she wasn't wealthy, but she was very faithful. And then she got sick. And everybody urged her to take early retirement, disability, all kinds of things to, to quit working because she was, it was pretty serious. And she didn't. In fact, uh, she went on to work for a whole other years, she, another additional year she worked, even though she was sick. And people would ask her, why are you working? You could you go ahead and retire early, you could do all that. Why are you doing this? And her answer was that her church, our church, was building a building and she wanted to contribute to the building of that building. I was telling you guys, little becomes much when you place it in Jesus's hands. Something else about her that I'll remember till I die and beyond. And that is that back in the early days of our church, before we had a cafe, she would bake banana bread every single week. She'd show up at church with one or two loaves of banana bread and, and, uh, It was before anybody brought anything. She just shows up with with banana bread. So volunteers and others who were there early would get in and cut and eat. and, And honestly, the church is so small, you could practically feed the whole church with two loaves of banana bread. But I wondered for a long time, why in the world does she take the time to do that every single week? And then when she passed away, I did her funeral and... At the reception afterwards, I believe it was her sister, it was one of her siblings, uh, told me a story. And she said that when they were young, that their mom and dad were hardly ever around. They would be left for long periods of time. I'm not talking during the day, I'm talking days and days on end, without a parent in the home, just little kids on the farm to do for themselves, to feed themselves, to take care of themselves. And they were left one winter time, and it was very cold, and then a blizzard hits, and they have no food in the house, and, They're trying to stay warm in their house and uh, they go out to the shed and they start pulling the shed apart, knocking pieces of the wood off of the shed and they bring it in and put it into the the stove in the house just so that they can not freeze in the house and they had no food and uh, trying to make things work and, and just a few little siblings and they said a neighbor during this blizzard then a neighbor, maybe suspecting that things weren't as they should be, showed up at their house driving a tractor, because that was the only way to get through the storm, drove a tractor up to their front door, got off, knocked on the door to check on the kids and said, are you all right in here? And they said, we, we all played it off and said, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Everything's good. You got enough to eat? Oh yeah, we got enough to eat. Obviously the neighbor didn't believe him because he reached out and got, he had a loaf of bread with him and he gave them a loaf bread I'm just telling you little becomes much when you place it in Jesus's hands So, got a question for you. Actually got two. First question is this, what do you have? What do you have? Don't have much? That's fantastic. You know why? Because God doesn't need much to do a miracle in somebody else's life. So you think about it, am I going to the store or am I getting a a, a grocery order delivered? Well, how about you do this? How about you reach out to people that you know to see what they need? Just ask them, Uh, especially if there's somebody elderly in your orbit, just ask them if they need anything, then order that as well or pick that up when you go to the store and then deliver it to their front doorstep. Just think about other people. Do you know somebody who's struggling with fear or anxiety during this time? Then, you know, you got a phone. Give them a call, give them a text, encourage them. Just take a little time and let God use your little bit for his glory. Second question, then we're done. Question is this. Will you ask God to open your eyes to someone you can help? Will you ask God to open your eyes to somebody that you can help. I'm just telling you, these are different times for us. And so maybe, maybe we need to change the lenses in our glasses in the way that we view the world because this came on us all of a sudden. And so maybe we're not thinking like we need to think. Maybe you're not struggling. Maybe you're inconvenienced, but other people are struggling. So I, I would encourage you to see that clearly today. Would you be willing to pray about it? To say, God, put somebody on my heart. And if God does put somebody on your heart, would you be willing to entrust God with the little so that he can do something big? I hope so. I hope so. Now, whether you're part of our church family or not, I want to do this before we close. I want to point you toward the only hope that any of us have, and that is Jesus. The Bible tells us that God loved us. He loved this world so much that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him might have everlasting life. And I I just want to tell you, Jesus is the answer today. He's the answer. And, and, And I know I'm probably talking to someone who's anxious, someone who's frustrated, someone who's dealing with some fear in their life, somebody who maybe is under financial pressure, somebody who is unsure, maybe a little bit depressed, maybe somebody who needs to be reclaimed and restored today. I'm just telling you, put your life into his hands. Jesus says, come to me all ye who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And I just want you to know this today, no matter what you're going through today, Jesus wants to help you, but you gotta trust him with your whole heart today. Just trust him. In fact, I want you to pray with me now. God, I, I pray that today, no matter where the folks are watching from, that, uh, that person that's out there right now who is barely hanging on, Lord, I pray that, that they would put all of their trust in you. And if there's someone listening to me right now who wants to, you wanna give your life and your heart to Jesus Christ today, I'm just gonna ask that you pray this with me right now. Just pray, Jesus, Forgive my sins, come into my heart, save me and make me new. Amen. Now listen to me, God's got this. And, and, and because of your faith in him, God's got You, just let us know in the comments section or send us an email if you've made a spiritual decision today or this week, or if you need prayer for something specific and we will pray for you. Let me finish my prayer. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for the folks who are turning to you through this situation, Lord. Use it for your glory. I pray all this in your son's name and all the people said, God bless you guys. I hope to see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for our morning devotional. God bless. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.